Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1887. Today we're talking Ferraris. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in beautiful Monterey, California, where that that little event called Car Week happens with a very special guest by the name of Steve Framgen. Hey, Steve, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the Ferrari clutch? I am ready. Yeah, you know Ferraris, that's for sure. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Steve? Uh, um, I used to race cars. I've won two races in a Formula Mazda race car right here at Laguna Seca. Whoa. Well, that's cool. You know, I got my racing license at Laguna Seca and I've, I've raced there during the Storics and many other events. I love that track. I just, for some reason I feel at home there. Uh, do you still do any kind of driving out there at the track? Uh, no, I've done a couple of track day events, but that's about it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So I got a racing champion on the phone here today, right? <laughs> Very cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into this uh, very fun world that you have. Steve Fremgen owns Copa Bella Motors, a business he opened in 2010, and it's located in the magnificent Garage Unlimited Complex in Monterey, California. He began working on Ferraris in 1982 at the Monterey Ferrari West dealership and then moved to Ferrari of Los Gatos, restate for 13 years before heading back to the Monterey Peninsula. Steve built his first engine at the young age of 16 in his parents' garage. Hoping that wasn't your mom's uh, grocery getter. Maybe it was. <laughs> and his career includes time working on Fiat, Saabs, and Volkswagens. Copabella Motors performs service, repair, rebuilding, diagnostics, and mechanical restorations of Ferrari sports and racing cars. Steve is having some fun. We'll be back in just a minute. But first, a word from our very valued sponsors. So give them a listen. Keep your seatbelt on. We're talking Ferraris today. We'll be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? 
I did my homework. I shopped around and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Steve, we're back. We're going to dive a little deeper in the corner since we kind of started at Laguna Seca, which is right up the road. I'd love for you to talk more a little bit about your history, but then dive into Copa Bella Motors because you're having fun working on probably the most iconic sports car on the planet Earth. Tell us a little bit about after working on things like Fiat, Sobs, and VWs, why you targeted in on Ferraris and, and all the different things you do there at Copa Bella Motors. All right. Well, when I was working on the the other cars, Fiat, Sobs, etc., I, I I wouldn't say I targeted Ferraris. I got a call from a friend who was the parts manager at the local Ferrari dealer and said they were looking for a new mechanic. And I and I thought, uh, wow, if you're going to work on cars, Ferrari, you know, <laughs> no the best kidding. there is, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I went and applied for the job and got it, and you know, been working on Ferraris ever since. What is it about the Mark that? you just fell in love with because you know a lot of mechanics will move around they kind of get tired of working on the same brands of cars i've got a nephew that's a great mechanic his father my brother-in-law built had an engine building company for years he worked at at ford originally and then kind of got tired with ford motor cars and went out and started his own business but what is it about ferrari for you that has you so passionate well, I've always loved cars, uh, especially racing cars, sports cars. I went to Laguna Seca for my first race probably when I was about 10 years old. And I think I've been to every major event there ever since. I've had sports cars myself. I always loved cars. And once I started working on Ferraris, I realized that they're not just a car. Like most cars are appliances to people. Right. It's mo- much more than a car. It's uh, it's a they're they're a piece of art because they're beautiful. They're mechanically you know engineered uh, for a certain purpose versus transportation. It's for it's they're built for beauty and for speed and and that kind of thing. And w- once I started working on them, I just that, that's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to. It's like my friend said, well, you could make more money working on a Mercedes shop or something, but. So, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Mm. You know, I I want to work on a car that somebody cares about and is interested in and um, realizes the difference when you make it run properly instead of, you know, something that just gets them to and from work. So I, I just got a passion for the cars and for keeping the cars up and maintaining them because I know the cars are going to be around long after I'm gone. 
You know, it's a, it's a fun thing when you think about automobiles. You're right, appliances. I'm not an appliance guy, so my cars, no matter what they've been, have always been my special babies. And one of the things I always do, I take good care of my cars, but before I take my car in for service, I always detail it and I always clean the engine. Now, the engines are pretty clean anyway, but I take special care. And I can't tell you, Steve, how many times, for instance, BMWs. My wife has an X5. I've had M3s. I've had Porsche 911s. But let's take her X5. Pretty much an appliance for most people, right? Right. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to pick up my car and the mechanic will come out of the back and just say, your car is really loved. I liked working on it because when I opened the hood, it was clean. I took special care. I knew that you took special care. And I always just kind of smile going, well, good. And then you won't treat it like an appliance. You'll treat <laughs> it like the, what I treat it like, which is, is really good. But Ferraris, you're at a whole nother level of insanity and passion when it comes to the owners. Now, do you guys work on all years of Ferraris at Copabella? Not the latest cars, but uh, I've worked on everything from 1949 Whoa. to, yeah, probably 2014 would be the newest car. The, the, the latest cars, it's difficult to get any information uh, out of Ferrari, you know, oh, on for repairs the and maintenance. And, yeah. Yeah, et cetera. Yeah. So, which isn't really a problem because there are plenty of older cars out there mm -hmm. that I'm well equipped for, so... Now, Ferraris, older Ferraris in particular, maybe don't have the best reputation for reliability when it comes to, let's say, a daily driver. But how many people drive their Ferraris as a daily driver? I do have a friend up here in the Pacific Northwest, William Howard. He's got over 100,000 miles on his uh, 458. I mean, the guy drives a car everywhere, all the time, in the snow. I mean, my hat's off to that guy. Yeah, amazing. Well, that's huh? great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I great. Mean, I just go, you know what? You, are, you have figured it out because many Ferraris are kind of garage queens and people don't get out and enjoy them as much as they should. And I'm, I've been guilty of that of some of my collector cars. When you think about older Ferraris that maybe weren't as reliable, but a lot of older cars really weren't that reliable, um, what comes to mind for you when it comes to taking care of these cars? Because cars that aren't driven much typically become problems, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if the fluids aren't circulated on a regular basis, things start to corrode. You know, you get uh, hoses that start to fail that they wouldn't on a car that's driven regularly. If the fluids aren't changed because they say, oh, well, I've only driven it, you know, 500 miles, but it's been, you know, five years. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you, you still need to change your fluids, even though it's, you know, you haven't gone very many miles. Um, you know, and older Ferraris have carburetors and, you know, ignition with points and... No, oh, the dreaded points. <laughs> yeah, so those kinds of things. But they're, they're still fairly reliable if they're maintained properly. The thing is neglect or improper maintenance. You know, there are a lot of people will work on a Ferrari, you know, even if they don't really know what they're doing. They'll say, oh, sure, Ferrari, yeah, I'll take it in, I'll work on it. But if they don't do it properly then the car won't run right and you'll have issues. So Yeah, no doubt. I can't tell you how many used cars I bought that have low miles and I thought, okay, low miles, nice car. And then when I get them, I end up having to immediately spend four, five, six, seven thousand dollars having the whole car gone through because it's set for so long. My current Porsche Turbo is that way. It's an 87. It had not dri been driven many miles in a long time. And when I got it home, it was leaking like the Exxon Valdez uh, from every fastener. And you know, the oil lines in a Porsche 911, there's a lot of oil lines running all over the place. And I had to replace yeah. all those things because they just, it hadn't been exercised. So from a, the standpoint of 
well, it's probably the same for any car, but as a mechanic and for the things that you see, what are the best things us car collectors, our folks, even if we just have one toy car that we don't drive as much, what's the best thing we can do for them? I'd say the best thing you can do for it, well, there are two things. Drive it regularly and change all the fluids, all the fluids, engine oil, transmission oil, differential oil, coolant, brake fluid. Those are things that get neglected. People think about changing the, the engine oil only, but they forget about the other fluids. I mean, it makes sense, but a lot of people, you're right. And I've been guilty of that too, I must admit, and especially during COVID and plus my career now, I don't work. I don't work. I do work. I don't drive to work. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I work my tail off. Talking to five people a week, 1,887 people. Uh, maybe that's a Freudian slip. Maybe I'm really having a lot of fun what I'm doing, which is what the secret to life is. Same for you. I'd like to talk a little bit about, well, before I ask you this next question, I want to go back a little bit. Your history around cars. Uh, was there a specific time, maybe it was when you were 16 in the garage uh, swapping out engines, when you realized, you know what, this this is my career path. I want to do this for the rest of my life. When I was in auto shop in high school, that's when I decided that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, I, I just, I, I loved it. I wanted to work on cars all the time. And I told my parents that, you know, that's what I want to do. And they said, well, you, you know, we'll send you whatever college you want to go to, to, you know, be an engineer or something. I'm like, no, this is what I want to do. So we found the best automotive school that we could. Mm -hmm. And I went there. So, yeah, so Oregon Institute of Technology, they had a great auto program oh, yeah, yeah. at the time, uh, I, which unfortunately they don't anymore. They, they stopped that program. But it was an excellent program, and I learned a lot there. And they really taught me how to, to figure things out. They taught me a lot of theory and that sort of thing so that I could think for myself and, and figure out how things worked and that sort of thing. Instead of just, you know, this is how it works and this is what you need to replace it or whatever so you know tech force foundation is my charity of choice and they're all about finding careers for young people in the automotive sector also in places like the uh, airplane industry and others where mechanics are needed technicians are needed and so forth are you seeing a challenge with that in your business uh, finding young people that want to come into your type of business your career path or is because you are ferrari maybe you've got a lot more people knocking on your door uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, I do see it difficult in the future to find mechanics because, you know, most young people these days are into technology, you know, computers, their iPhones and et cetera. You know, most people want to do something that's, you know, they want to type a few code or something and, you know, make a million dollars or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Instead of spending the time and getting your hands dirty and, you know, having to, you know, purchase tools and things like that. So it's it's rare to find somebody who's got a passion for, for cars and, and working on them. Yeah, well, that's where companies and organizations like Tesla. Tech Force, RPM Foundation come into play because I've had a lot of young people on the show that they love doing what you do and that's the area they want to work in. So maybe uh, companies like yours need to tap into those organizations so that they can become a channel of talented uh, people to come and work in your shop and so forth. Um, I'd love to ask you about what I like to call a driving inspiration, a key mentor, maybe somebody who's been very influential in your life and your career success. Who's that been? Uh... I'd have to say it's a person that's become a friend of mine. His name is Barry Hartzell. He's the guy that actually hired me to work at uh, Ferrari West when I first started working on Ferraris. It was inspired me because 
he also was the uh, crew chief on a race car and got me to work on the race team as well. And it was through working with him on the race team that I learned that you can accomplish things that might seem impossible to you if you really put your mind to it. For example, you know, when you're working on a race car and it's got to go to the race this weekend or you're at the weekend and something broke, you just have to fix it. You have to do what it takes to fix it. You can't stop. You can't sleep. You can't eat. You just, you have to get the job done. And we did that. And we actually worked for 48 hours straight with no sleep, getting a car ready for a race one time. At the end of it, I, you know, I thought, you know, if you told me I, you know, we were going to do that, I'd say, well, forget it. There's no way, you know, we got to sleep. But no, we did it. You just and we got it. the car there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I understand. Uh, it's uh, you, you think about all the hours spent. I'm thinking about you know the day for you listeners. The day we're recording this is the beginning of Car Week, uh, Pebble Beach Car Week, Monterey Car Week, and so forth. And I always think when you go to these Concours events, Concorso Italiano, the Quail, Pebble Beach, uh, Concours in the Avenue, all the hours spent to get these cars ready to come to this event this week and it's overwhelming when you think about probably you know it's always like a race car or a concord car the last 10 percent takes 100 percent of the time it seems like <laughs> yeah. right yeah it's the way it goes if you were going to advise young people to come into your business your type of business that have an interest in old cars specifically ferraris even how would you advise advise them to find a career path in this area well, find a, an automotive training program of some kind, uh, whether it's at the local junior college or uh, one of the institutions you had mentioned earlier, something like that. And then go find somebody, you know, a shop nearby, like somebody like me or whatever, and just say, tell them who you are and that you're super interested and you have a passion for cars. And is there anything I can do to help you out? I mean, I'll start sweeping your floors or whatever, just to you know, get in there and yeah, be around it and, and learn and watch. And, you know, it, you know, maybe it will go somewhere from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think there's a lot of opportunity and maybe some young people just don't know about it. The other thing is exposing young people to these cars by taking them to events like at car week, cars and coffees and get them excited about it. Um, Because a lot of times young people don't even know these things exist because you don't really see too many Ferraris driving around. Maybe in Monterey Carmel, you might see more, but plenty of people maybe in other cities have never even seen one in real person. And boy, once you see one, you smell one, you hear one, you get excited, especially when it comes to Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. Let's take a short break. We come back. I have a question about a big challenge. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. I'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at Cars yeah is Tech Force Foundation. They help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions. For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. 
Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Steve, let's talk about biggest obstacles, challenges, even a big failure you've had, maybe in your career, your life. It doesn't really matter. It's more about the story and how that experience helped you move forward in a positive way. So take us on a little bit of a, a bumpy road, perhaps. Okay, so a few years ago, I had my shop in a different location, and I was sharing a building with the Mercedes shop, Mm -hmm. and they had the master lease to the building, and they had the the rights to the the building when they needed it to take over my space. And a few months before he needed it, he told me, you know, his plans were to take it over and that I would have to move. Oh. And so, and I thought, well, okay, I've got several months. I'll I'll be able to find a a place, not a problem. Well, I spent the next three to four months uh, searching the area uh, for industrial space of any kind where I could move my shop to. And there, everywhere I went, uh, there was no, nobody wanted auto repair or the city wouldn't allow it because the area wasn't zoned for it or there wasn't enough parking and that kind of thing. And it came to the point where uh, it was June 1st, I had to move out and I had no place to go. Oh, no. Yeah. So I had to move most of my tools, equipment and everything into storage. Mm -hmm. And uh, fortunately, a friend of mine that also had an auto shop was uh, willing to let me, you know, use one of his bays and one of his lifts and uh, move in there temporarily so I could keep working. Wow. Yeah, uh, until I could find something. And so I just moved over my toolbox and a few basic things and kept working on cars best I could there and kept looking for a space. And then finally, about uh, three, it took about three months to to land the space I'm in now. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was finally able to get in here. So it was a, a good six month struggle. And I was, I was very worried. I was, you know, at one point I thought I, you know, might have to close my business because I just couldn't find any place to go. Do you think that this is a bit of a trend when it comes to auto repair? Because I mean, there's still lots of cars around. They all st- need to be worked on. But um, it, was it maybe just your area of the world with limitations? Or I mean, you think Monterey Carmel, there's lots of cars there. I mean, people need their cars serviced. Was that a factor or is it just, it just was kind of a weird fluke? Yeah, I, I think it's common. And I don't think it's just in our area. It might be a little bit more so here. Because we're we're such a tourist-driven area, and they're all about you know beauty, and we're not very industrial here. But yeah, I found that most of the cities uh, were very restrictive. Uh, a lot of landlords were just absolutely against auto repair. Even when I told them what I did, yeah, working for on Ferraris, yeah. yeah, and it, no, I work on you know one or two cars at a time. I'm not going to have a bunch of cars parked outside on jack stands or something. Right. They they just said no, no, we just don't want it. Now you're in a new facility, relatively new, right? Garage Unlimited. 
Right, right. The building is only about four years old. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm a, yeah, first person to be in this space. Now, I, I look looked up your address in Google Maps, and the picture's old. There's just a bunch of dirt there. Um, oh. <laughs> and I assume you're not working in dirt. So uh, so tell no. us a little bit about the, the space that you have there. Yeah, so it's a large building made up of 46 car condos, they call them, of different sizes. And I have one of the largest spaces in the building. My, my unit is about 2,700 square feet. And it's uh, it's worked out fantastic for me. It's larger than my old shop. So I've got a room for two lifts now, and I can easily fit six cars in here, which I, I was not able to in my old shop. And it, it's a beautiful building. We have a large parking lot, big driveways. We've got, I mean, there's even enough room for semis to come in, you know, drop off a car and then just turn around and drive out. They, there's plenty of room. They can make a U-turn right here on the property. You know, it's it's a really neat place. Uh, if you go to Garage Unlimited, the website, you can see what you're doing there. So, it, well, we've I've had a lot of guests on that do these garage condo type community things. So, people can actually do they actually buy the condo and they own the unit and they can park their cars in there. And in your case, are you, did you buy a unit? Yeah. Are you renting a unit? How did that work? Yeah, they're, they're all sold. People are owners. There are a few that are being rented. People bought as investments or renting them out. Uh, but no, I, I purchased this unit, so which is which is great because now I don't have to worry about anybody booting me out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> yeah, exactly. And I understand Gordon McCall, uh, who's part of the, the founding member of the Quail event. Is he part of the uh, Garage Unlimited there? Uh, no, he's not in this facility. He's in uh, a newer facility that the same developers built just down the road oh, near the airport. Okay, so okay, that's right. There's yeah. a whole another group down. Okay, very cool. Well, right. This is yeah. You know, this is a pretty neat new idea, and they're popping up all over the country. And so many people that have bigger collections of cars don't have the garage space at home. And but the, you, I would imagine you maybe have some built-in clients there too as well. I do. I do. There are several several people here in the building with Ferraris that I, I service. And there's some very interesting cars. There's a lot of doors that I rarely see open. But uh, during car week now, yeah. I'm seeing more, more garage doors open and, and cars coming out that I haven't seen before. So, Well, you can meet some of your neighbors. That's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Well, congratulations on landing there because this sounds like a, a dream come true. And I would assume too for the basically the landlords or the people that oversee that facility, they like having people that are there on a regular basis versus a quiet building where there aren't a lot of people. Because a lot of guys will store their cars in there and then they're not in there a whole lot. They just become an extension of their home garage. Uh, but I think this will be great for you and for them. Do you see... Maybe working on any other of those cars there, or are you going to stick strictly to Ferrari? I stick pretty much with Ferrari. I've I've done a couple of other you know things for for people for good customers. Hey, can you help me out with this? And yeah, I can I can do that. But for the most part, it's it's just Ferraris. There you go. I'd love for you to talk about a special vehicle in in your life, Steve. No doubt there's been one a car that you've owned or had that stands out for you. Can you tell us what that was and maybe share a little bit about that ride? Yeah, that would have to be my uh, 1977 Porsche 911 S. I bought that car when I was 22, and I owned it for 27 years. Wow. And Yeah, that was my baby. I rebuilt the engine twice on it. First time, just because it was leaking oil, took it all apart, resealed it, rebuilt it, and then 
Years later, there was a problem with a cylinder head stud that pulled and had to come apart again. So I did that. Yeah, so I had that car for so long. Went on the first date with my wife in that car. <laughs> nice. And then, you know, once uh, my daughter was born, you know, would take her for rides in it. And so, yeah, it's a part of the family and a, a big part of history of my life. I sold it to one of my best friends who oh, nice. always told me, if you ever want to sell that car, let me know. And so I sold it to him finally because uh, I was just, uh, I wasn't driving it. You know, it sat in the garage and I said, well, that's not good for the car. As uh, you know, I've told everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the cobbler's kids had no shoes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My first Porsche 911 was a 74. And that car, of course, that's that, that generation in there that had some issues with engines in there. But before they came into the SC engines, the 78s and so forth, but 77, that's a 2.7, is that right? Correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ah, wonderful cars. Yeah, that's what started it for me as well. So uh, very cool. I sold mine to my old college roommate, and he had it for many years. And then he got married and kids, and the sports cars went away. And I'm happy to say he's retired now. And about a month ago, he called me and said, hey, I'm looking for a 911. Can you help me? And I think he ended up with a 2014 or 2016 911S. So uh, uh, he's, he's back in the car now that he's got some time to get out and enjoy it. So uh, good to have him back in the fold. <laughs> I love it. That's good. That's great. Yeah. I want to crawl into your head a little bit here, Steve. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would Steve be and why? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they make one quite like me. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's good. You're a hybrid. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what my wife thinks. Uh, okay. Uh, I would be. She said she thinks I'd be a Tesla. Oh, I'm, now why is that? Because highly intelligent and low maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a compliment the way I heard that. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I can see that, you know. Yeah. And, well, everybody loves Steve, so I think that makes sense. Well, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I've never had one. I've only driven one once, but uh, I know my son uh, says, you know, I think when we buy, he and his wife buy their next car, it'll probably be a Tesla. They're both techies. They love yeah. the technical side of that whole thing. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know about the, the body styles yet. They're just too vanilla still for me. You know, I like I like sports cars, Porsche, Ferrari, yeah. you know, things like that. But uh, they sound like, uh, you know, might be a great choice and everything's going electric. Uh, any sign from your perspective that, We'll be seeing an all-electric Ferrari in the future. Oh, I've been reading rumors that they're working on one. So, yeah, yeah uh, pretty much I, would, I wouldn't. Has to. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've already got hybrids, so it's just the next step. I think so. Absolutely. Is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, there's one that uh, may not be, you know, fitting with everything we've been talking about, but one that I remember reading and I was very interested in uh, years ago was The Art and Science of Grand Prix Driving by Nikki Lauda. Oh. And I just, I really enjoyed it because, you know, not only was Nikki Lauda a great race car driver, but he was uh, a, a bit of an engineer. And mm. so, so he looked at it from all aspects. He was aware of the car, the engineering of the car, and it was it was a science to him. That's what I think it was. I think driving was more of a science to him oh, versus yeah. some drivers who are flamboyant and just get out there and you know hang the tail out and are flogging the car. To, to him, it was the science and, and perfection mm -hmm. was his goal. And I'll never forget that you know his description of the ultimate uh, standing start that he worked on you know endlessly would be that you left six inches of black rubber 
gradually fading to gray. <laughs> wow. And that yeah. meant you got you got the perfect start with the best traction possible. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Well, he would love uh, the Tesla ludicrous mode, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive here, Steve. You get to pick any car in the world, anyone to be riding with or driving, living or deceased, in any place in the world. What does the ultimate drive look like for you? Uh, I would be in a Ferrari F40. That's oh. one of my favorite cars of all time. They're, I just love those cars. They're they're so raw and the performance is awesome. I, I just they're beautiful. And it would be with Michael Schumacher, mm. and of course he would be he would be driving because I would love to you know see what the hands of a master like that <laughs> yeah. could, could do. Yeah. Where would you be? Yeah. Where would I be? I don't know. You know, I'd have to. I'd. I have to say a couple of places. I mean, I'd love to be at Laguna Seca just since I've driven there. Yeah. And and I'd love to see what he could do in a car like that there. And then I think the other place w- would have to be uh, at the Ferrari track, uh, Fiorano, oh, yeah. Ferrari's pri- private test track, just because, you know, it's the home of Ferrari. So. Oh, yeah. I got to spend a day there at Fiorano uh, with a friend who was buying a, one of Michael Schumacher's Formula One cars, a 2000 model uh-huh. F1. And Great. it was really a fun – actually, we spent three days at the factory, but that day was so special. And to be there and uh, seeing the car go around with the little house they have there, uh, they had 14 technicians there, uh, the whole – whole track was was for us and it's it was really really cool at the end of the day they brought a ferrari fxx over with one of the drivers to do some laps and uh the thing about that day for me was looking at enzo ferrari's house that was now a bunk room for the f1 drivers and just thinking of the history of all the people that had come through that place and driven at that place and all the cars uh, it was a bit overwhelming almost uh, almost <laughs> some may say silly but emotional it's like oh my gosh just think of the people that stood here the legends oh absolutely i i understand i i've been there myself uh, i was lucky enough to go to a training at the factory oh, spent wow. a week that yeah i spent a week there at the factory and we got to test drive a 550 marinello on Ooh, fiorano nice so i got to do I got to do two laps at Fiorano, and then when we were all done driving, uh, the Formula One team came out, and Michael Schumacher was testing. Oh so we my got to, god! Yeah, so we got to watch Michael testing at Fiorano. Wow, what a day! Yeah, oh. yeah, that was well. Awesome. You know, all our thoughts to Michael and his family. What a tragedy! What happened to him? I mean, it almost doesn't seem oh, real yeah. when you think about all his years of dangerous racing, and then to be injured skiing. While having fun with his family. It's almost unimaginable. I know. I know. All our thoughts out are, are for him and his family. I mean, just what a what a tragic situation. Wow. Well, Ferrari F40, not bad either. I got to drive one of those once and oh my gosh, that thing is yeah, raw. It's a yeah. <laughs> really, really cool car. I'd love to make that happen for you, Steve. You've taken us on a really wonderful ride today, and I want to thank you for uh, spending some time with us. I want to do a, a shout out to Rick Barnett of Pasadero Concours for introducing me to Steve. Rick has brought so many great people to the show. He's been a guest on the show. Uh, so thank you, Rick, for introducing me to another one of your cool car buddies. Before I let you go, do you have maybe a success quote or mantra you could share with us? I would say to... Find your passion, whatever it is that you love, and make it your career, and you'll love going to work. 
You know, it's absolutely true. It's what Cars yeah is all about, is wrapping your passion into your life, your career. I've got 1,887 guests now that you can listen to here on the site. Uh, all these people have figured out a way to do it. And you listeners, if you're going to a job every day you don't like, your life can be different. And Steve's a great example of that. So uh, get out and make it the best you can. You can find everything that Steve has shared with us today on his show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Steve, F-R-E-M-G-E-N. Yes. You'll find everything <laughs> uh, for him there. Steve, until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. This was fun. Yeah. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.